We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. As always joined by Mr. Sean Siegel on today's show. Also going to be joined by our fellow drafter in the FFPC main event, the three-man team that's going to bring it all down this year and win the $250,000 grand prize. That is Mr. Ben Gretsch, you can follow on Twitter at yards per gretch you can find his work over at cbs and we're going to be talking through the draft in general giving it a recap letting us you know pick in our thoughts maybe where there was a couple of picks that we were on the clock and things changed very quickly prior to the pick we kind of maybe rushed into some of them we maybe didn't uh you know those picks were we were running out of time so i just called the name who wants to make the pick we made the pick and we go back and talk through some of those so we had a prep done before it. We had done some different uh, sheets, some Excel sheets, not just you know with our rankings, with things like that, who we thought we were targeting, who we weren't targeting, things like that. 
if we hadn't that as i mentioned in this episode it would have been very very tough so we were well prepared um, and then we made those decisions like it's easy when you trust the judgment of the people you're drafting with to make those calls uh, i trust ben i trust uh sean you know very much so to make those picks guys with a, a lot a lot of pedigree when it comes to fantasy football drafting and um, so a lot of fun as we recap this one i really enjoyed the draft and i really enjoyed producing this series for all our listeners i hope you have enjoyed long if you have enjoyed give us a written interview in your favorite podcast app and if you haven't already signed up to rotoviz.com you can head on over there right now and save yourself 10 percent off a rotoviz subscription just the code 2020 rv radio at checkout or rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information i'm going to run through the rest of the show as we recap here i'll jump back in at the end so i'll let sean take it away as we we dive in to the recap all right ben what do you think how, how do you what's your breakdown of our roster how, how do we score here how do we grade i like it obviously I, I i think our receivers are fantastic we knew that was going to happen probably regardless DJ Moore, DJ Chark, Cortland Sutton, Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry, Christian Kirk is a pretty incredible, incredible top six. We got Chenault, and then pretty hilariously, the one guy that that Sean noted on our targets and avoids, you had both noted as targets, I had noted as an avoid, and you said in your email that uh, I wasn't going to allow us to take Robbie Anderson. I think was the way you said it. I think that's the guy that we wound up with as our final receiver. And then yeah, I mean, I think our like you know obviously Mark Andrews, Drew Brees. Can't really go wrong with those spots. I think our running backs are are very strong. I really like Kamara at three. We made that case at the top of the show. Zach Moss, Carrion Johnson, DeAndre Washington, and Keyshawn Vaughn, I think is a really strong two through five. All of those guys will probably have roles at some point during the season. We feel very, very comfortable about that, I think. Moss and Johnson, and potentially Washington and Vaughn, but probably mostly Moss and Johnson should have week one roles. Uh, pretty, pretty decent ones. We can start right away. And then late, we get Snell and Bowden and, and Benjamin, which you just noted, you know, our three, your favorite late round guys. You're the zero RB guy. I, I'm thrilled to get all three of those guys on this roster. We have eight running backs. I like the way we broke it down with, with eight running backs and, and plenty of, of bites at that apple. I really like the way it finished up. I mean, I, I think if if any change, you know, I'm a, a little bit worried that we only have one tight end in a league where so many went. Logan Thomas is available on waivers, so we're, we'll be safe. <laughs> And that's right. And Knox also did not go at any point, I don't believe. Colin, take us through it. So we've got the evaluation from Ben. I think we loved all our picks, so we're going to give ourselves an A, possibly an A-plus here. What would you have done differently with the benefit of hindsight? Are there any picks that you would go back and change now that we know how the draft transpired after that point? I'm pre- I'm very very happy with how it filled out overall. There was a stage where, like, when we made the pick, the Mark Andrews pick, I probably would have went Hopkins there, and I probably would have went with either Andrews or Ertz on the next pick. That was one that I kind of doubted at the time, but seeing how the team has filled out and developed, I think, has worked out pretty well. There was a couple of picks where we just got, you know, like the Jonathan Taylor pick, but like ending up with DJ Chark is, you know, a very good consolation there. Um, so that would have been something that might have changed how we proceeded with the rest of the draft but i think as it all came together it's it's looking really good like i know i know for like from our shows a couple of the players that you're really targeting are moss and then like we've talked about deandre washington we've talked about benny snell lynn Bowden, and, and eno benjamin so we've kind of we've hit pretty much like you know four to five of your prime targets in terms of zero running back we've hit basically four to five of the wide receivers that we want to get like we got our late target as well in chenault um we got the stack in breeze and kamara 
I think there's a lot of things there that, that worked out really well for us. So um, overall, with how the whole picture has finished out, I'm, I'm very happy. The, that was the one area at the start I was like, ah, oh, maybe I should have pushed, pushed harder to get that uh, Hopkins pick. But then that did, we, we might not have went with Hopkins and Kirk. We might have, we might still have done that based on how we ended up with our, our other wide receiver pairings. But uh, very, I'm very happy with how, how it played out from that third spot. I think it, it went probably as close to what we would have done picking those spots before the draft as possible and now that you say that maybe mine mine would have maybe been that kyler murray jarvis Landry discussion in the early seventh but if we would have went hopkins we probably would have been pretty comfortable taking murray there and we maybe still would have taken kirk we got you know benjamin that would have been a really interesting stack with the cardinals who could just be really explosive for a few weeks that might be the way that i would would change it and the reason I was happy to go Andrews there as well is there is a possibility, like it, it didn't play out that way, but there's a possibility that we pass on Andrews and then the team picking second and the team picking first both take tight ends and then none of those guys get back. So I was more like, it was kind of the, the, the point that you made that won me over was pretty much like we're going to get, you know, Hopkins, DJ Moore, Juju Smith-Schuster at this next pick. So taking the tight end there made sense. And that was something we had obviously discussed before as well. So worked out pretty good you're sorry sean for interrupting it no no and i agree that andrews could be an absolute hammer for us i think that the the point about the round seven and jarvis landry with how well the rest of the wide receivers played out is a good point i think that the one pick we we might that we loved and yet we might end up regretting uh with getting chenault having chark early there's definitely a real possibility there that if washington is an absolute train wreck that we'll regret not having Terry McLaurin instead of Chark in that spot. I don't regret it now. They're just looking at possible things that could happen. And McLaurin could be an absolute monster that we lose out on that range. The one thing that we might change or, or looking at it kind of going back, you know, how could we have done things differently in that Drew Brees spot? You know, if we liked Henderson quite a bit and we take him and it pushes the quarterbacks down a little bit, we probably get one of those quarterbacks that Ben was talking about in round 12 and i think that washington is someone we probably could have gotten or possibly could have gotten with just a few picks later there in round 13 so maybe that gives us a little bit more at the running back position than what we got with vaughn and we'd have a similar quarterback dynamic but that's very very nitpicky i think that what we did in this draft has been very clean it's it's actually one of the cleanest drafts that i've done and I, I usually come out of my drafts liking who I've taken because I have very clear targets and I grab those guys. I don't, you know, take someone else when I'm on the clock because, you know, someone has fallen or something like that. So I like my drafts and I like this draft more than most. Yeah, and I think it was good. There was a lot of, uh, you know, talk. I know we ran into some time issues at times, but when you have three people discussing the pick, that can happen. But I thought we there was a good balance of uh, decision-making across the board. I don't think there was really any picks that none of us really wanted to go with. I think that Breeze one, might have been one that we made very very quickly but i think that uh, it makes sense now that we've kind of talked through it afterwards the the one decision i was having there at that point with breeze was kind of if we avoid if we didn't take breeze and we didn't take matt ryan at that point they were the two i was kind of thinking of i thought we would kind of punt the qb position pretty much all the way to the end like i'm just looking through the draft and uh i don't think Minshew. Uh, correct me if i'm wrong i don't think Minshew was drafted at all so like when we were talking about options we could have potentially passed on breeze and you know taking somebody else there and then went and 
taking Minshew, you know, later on, something to that effect. Just to Sean's point, we didn't really have a lot of picks to give up late because we liked the Snell and the Bowden and the Benjamin pick. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Robbie Anderson pick is where we, we would have wanted to, to snag a, a quarterback, but, you know, and we could have had our choice of, of a lot of guys, you know, Burrow or, or Minshew. But I, I don't know okay. that I I think that drop-off from Breeze to those guys is worth – you know the Daryl Henderson. Or, or, well, when I when I look at when I look at Breeze, sorry, the other quarterback that was in the mix was uh, Stafford. But if you look through those rounds, so like I wasn't going to take Henderson. I like Hendren, but I wasn't going to take him there. Marlon Mack, Henry Ruggs, Deshaun Jackson, Perryman, Mike Williams, then Stafford, then Higgins, then Darian Evans, Justin Jefferson. Like there's a lot of players in there. I I would not have taken. Looking back now, I wouldn't have taken any player that went between. Breeze outside of the quarterback position before we got DeAndre Washington. So I think it was the the play to make there. And you, you think about guys that we missed on and, and guys that we like. The, the situation with Darrington Evans, I mean, I love him as a player. I think he's got a lot of upside. Ben talked about him as a target in the show. At that particular point in the draft, even with Keyshawn Vaughn's fall, it's hard to make an argument that Evans is in a better situation than than Vaughn when you look at how just firmly in, in control of the top spot Henry is versus Ronald Jones. And, and again, I don't think that we necessarily think that LaShawn McCoy uh, is a legitimate factor there. We, we could all obviously be wrong. Anytime that there are other guys, especially people who've been signed late, I mean, you can't completely dismiss them, but the people we got, Evans is someone that I would have liked to have gotten on our roster, but I, I would have wanted him later than where he went. Yeah, and the other one, I suppose, if we look back, uh, that I would have been interested in getting was McCall Hardman. But if you look where he went at the nine oh one, I think like we took we took Zach Moss at the the back of the eighth round. I think like looking back, based on our roster construction, that was the pick we had to make. We could like it's just that's the way the team had to be built. So was he somebody, Sean, that you were thinking about at that Moss pick? But based on who we had before that, we had to had to go running back there. The other players I really like actually is how this draft fell was. Like we got Johnson and you mentioned Vaughn already. We got both those guys at a lot better value than I, I thought we would get them at. Yeah, you look at Hardman. He's someone that I love. He's someone I think could outperform draft position uh, by a wide, wide margin. At the same time, you know, there are lots of scenarios in which he's he's overvalued. You look at a couple of those yep. guys who who either came back around or got close to coming back around. You know, is he a clear pick ahead of C Lamb, ahead of Jalen Rager? You know, probably not. He's definitely not a clear pick, especially for 2020. If you're talking about dynasty, I think that, you know, you can probably very easily take him over Christian Kirk. But, you know, Kirk would have been the guy there first regardless. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Harvin's one of my favorite picks, but I wouldn't take him over Kirk. And we got Kirk after him. The other running back that you mentioned, Evans, but the other one that I really love is Boston Scott. He goes in the 10th before we end up taking care on Johnson, which was great value. I don't know how we could have fit Boston Scott in. I mean, we took Zach Moss and Christian Kirk at the turn before that, and it's not a place where I would have preferred to take Scott. So I'm bummed that we don't have him on the roster, like you said, with Evans, but he's not somebody that we could have gotten, frankly. Yeah, that was that, that was an area that there was a I was starting to kind of there was a bit of concern because we had Zach Moss at that point, uh, and we passed up then. And as you mentioned, on some of those options that we had at that pick for Kirk, we had discussed Lindsay. I mentioned Tony Pollard, Tariq Cohen was mentioned, and somebody who we didn't really mention on these shows, but AJ Dillon, somebody who we've talked about on the podcast, and Sean obviously uh, loves Bryce Love, and he went quite high as well. So then boston scott went after that so there was like a peck there was like a, a half around there where it was just wiping out some of the targets we had so i was a little bit concerned but 
it worked out then the guys that we actually got like a carry on johnson falling a little bit because those guys were going a little bit earlier so yeah that was I, interesting i had these concerns at, at that point i was starting to <laughs> worry a little bit at the, the running back depth we would end up with but it worked out pretty well and I don't think you mentioned Damian Harris either, who, we, who Sean and I yeah. took on that ship kit chasing one we've talked about. There was a lot of guys that I, I like to take, and I think were targets for most of us that went there. But then we still got on Johnson, which seemed like he sh- probably should have gone in that range as well. And then we took Breeze, and then we get Washington and Vaughn. And, and I don't I don't know that we really ended up missing those guys. It doesn't mean that you know we wouldn't have been happy to take them if they would have fallen. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore so everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Westland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. Every product is USDA certified organic grown in the US and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. You can use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for target relief and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. From now through Labor Day, which is Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering all of our listeners a great offer. It's buy one, get one free on all TheraOne products, but you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. And as I mentioned, this is a fantastic offer. It is not something that TheraOne is likely to do again. It's buy one, get one free, theragun.com slash bluewire. With every day that passes, the NFL is getting closer and we're getting ready for Sunday. And Sunday means one thing. That's right, NFL Sunday Ticket. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams or favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv. Once again, promo code BLUEWIRE. At Rotoviz, we love titles, we love hardware, we love championships, we love winning, and we love it when you do it too. In 2020, one thing we want to win with you is the Underdog Fantasy Best Ball Mania, $1 million best ball tournament. It's $200,000 to first place, it's only $25 to enter, it's a no-brainer. This is like the elite best ball title this year. So you got to go to underdogfantasy.com or download their great Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store on your smartphone device and you're going to make a deposit. You're going to use code ROTOVIZ when you make that deposit. Then you're going to go refer five friends and Underdog and ROTOVIZ will give you a free entry into the Best Ball Mania tournament. So it's, it's kind of like a two for one. You sign up, you put in 25 bucks, you enter the Best Ball Mania tournament, you get five buddies to play, you use code ROTOVIZ, you get a free entry. No brainer, guys. Let's chase that glory. 200 grand. If $25 is too pricey for you, They've got a $5 tournament called The Bubble, and you can win 20 grand in that bad boy. Their app is slick. You click on the player's name, you see the ownership, you see the latest news and notes. You can draft from that app with no problem. Man, they really knocked it out of the park with this product, and I can't wait for you to try it. So go to underdogfantasy.com today, make a deposit, and use code ROTOVIZ and chase that glory. And based on, obviously, like, I like DeAndre Swift as well, but he went, you know, in the fifth round, middle of the fifth round, and then we get on Johnson, you know, in the tenth round. I, I definitely don't think heading into the season you can project a five-round swing in ADP based on where we think, like, with confidence they're going to end up at the end of the season. Are you, 
Are you surprised at the gap there or just in general between the ADPs? Yeah, I mean, I, I think DeAndre Swift has the upside, and I think sometimes it's hard to see in projections, but, you know, a, a round five ADP on, on DeAndre Swift, or, you know, he went round five here. I assume that's basically where I usually see him. That, to me, makes a lot of sense because he could just be this this league-winning player. It's similar to Jonathan Taylor. A lot of people don't want to take him because they can't see why he would be worth a third or a fourth-round pick, but there are scenarios where he is, you know, an absolute star right away. So I don't, you know, there, there are probably scenarios where Karrion Johnson hits, but he's more, he, he, he probably has to rely on an injury more, which is where, you know, you, you, you fall into this 10th round ADP or, or, you know, we got him in a good value at the late 10th, but I don't know. I guess the gap kind of makes sense if you think about it from an upside perspective. If, if something does happen to Swift and, and Karrion can manage to stay healthy and this offense is what we think it's going to be, then you're potentially looking at carry on rehabbing so much of that value that he's lost in the last year. Hopefully that's the scenario that happens for us, not the injury portion, but hopefully both backs there are very successful. A couple other values that I think were interesting at the running back position that we would have had difficult choices to make would have been Devin Singletary and JK Dobbins, both of those guys in the sixth round in specifically this format, where obviously the running backs go so early. I think those are home run picks and this just gets back to that situation where, depending on what your draft slot is, you're going to have to be content with the fact that other people will get some values that you can't get just based on where you are. When we were drafting at the 503, Cortland Sutton was the pretty clear choice there. If we had wanted to go to running back, we probably would have gone Swift, who was just mentioned. Those guys did not fall back around to us in round six, but they were interesting picks and very good values for the guys who did get them where they were able to get them. What other teams do you guys like here? I mean, it's interesting uh, looking at team eight. He went he or she went four wide receivers to start Michael Thomas, Devonte Adams, who fell a little bit probably because of that, that injury scare, Mike Evans and Amari Cooper. That's a, I mean, pairing Thomas and Adams is obviously pretty ridiculous. And then getting Evans and Cooper. And he's the one who got that Singletary pick. I don't really like the Devin, uh, Dave Montgomery fifth round pick, but then he goes Antonio Gibson. He gets Kyler Murray after, you know, we talked a lot about him. We didn't get him Tariq Cohen. Another guy we talked a lot about, three upside tight ends and Fant and Irv Smith and OJ Howard. I kind of like that roster. The problem I have with it, like if you look at compared to ours going that tight end early, it allowed us to avoid taking, like he's taking three tight ends in four rounds in the, the kind of mid range. And he's finished off then with a tight end in the 20th round. So I probably like wouldn't be going that route. There's just too much invested in the tight end position. I know it's tight end premium, but that would concern me. We look through it then. Like, there's he's taking Kyler Murray. He's also taking Baker Mayfield. So more roster construction than anything. Like, I I love the start. I don't like David Montgomery that pick at all. I think that he's probably made that pick based on he has four wide receivers. Like, I think the pick there is probably Will Fuller. Um, and then to try and you know get some running back or to get some more running backs later in the draft. But I I really like to start. But I I didn't like how the team progressed then after that point. That would be that would be the concern I have with that team. The tight ends are a problem because if you're going to go Fant, Smith, I think you've got to sit with that and say, I'm going to win because of one of those two guys. Because then in that 13th round, you still have some options at receiver. The article that I'll have coming out today talks about how, was he running back? I really think you want to get to the six wide receivers in that range where you can count on them. That's what we did on our team from the 12th spot the other night. We were able to do that here, even though we started running back tight end. 
this is a, a beautiful four round start, but then the problem with that team is they could still end up being a little bit light at receiver. And the one thing you definitely don't want to do when you go with a zero running back team is still maybe not have the receiver firepower or just be so fragile across the board that you now actually need everybody to stay healthy. Yeah, that's a good point. Any other teams stand out to you guys? Kelsey, I'm just looking through a couple of the, the, the interesting start in the, the spot 10. Now, me and Sean both love Eckler, but it wasn't really on a, a target list here. But started Henry Eckler, Alan Robinson, who is also uh, off Sean's list, and then Leonard Fournette. So I think that's a team that I, I don't think that we would be recommending that start. Um, not not the strongest of start there based on where those, those guys have gone. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that one either, but yeah. who knows? They'll, they'll probably win. <laughs> I liked uh, I liked the start of uh, Team Five with Cook, then Julio, then James Conner, Jonathan Taylor, DK Metcalf, um, Tyler Higby pick, and AJ Green pick. Then started to take me off that that train. But uh, overall, the this like some of these teams have started off very well, but I think they've faded away very strongly at the end of these drafts, which hopefully is good for us. But the the other teams, I don't think, have put the teams together as well as they could have. We look at like. Uh, spot um six you know they started back to back with chiefs with uh edwards hilaire and hill um you know i, I probably wouldn't have went with back to back with the the wide receiver and the running back of the the same team i did like to start off the 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 pick seven team with the patrick mahomes and travis kelsey interesting then with Gurley and bell um sean i believe they were the two players that you mentioned uh, in an article last week about veterans you know with their values um, Ronald Jones then come in for them. So there's a couple of interesting teams, but I'm just the overall roster constructions aren't what I would be would be looking to go with on those rosters. That Kelsey Mahomes team, their receivers are Brandon Cooks, Jamison Crowder, Sammy Watkins, Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, Josh Gordon. That would be a, an incredible receiving core in 2017. Yeah, because uh, they have two, two guys who are suspended for eight games at minimum. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about it this year. Yeah, so that like that that's the sort of decisions that are just not gonna like they're likely gonna have Antonio Brown and Josh Gardner on waivers at some point, unless the other players really hit for them early on, because you can't really go through kind of eight, nine weeks with guys who like aren't gonna be playing at all. So they're they're just two really, really kind of bad picks to pair together. Is there any team Sean looking through it that you think has has no real upside? Um there's just there's teams that I like portions of what they did, but putting it all together um it's just not not clicking for me well one of the things that we'll find is that some of these teams will hit on their running back selections and then suddenly they do have more firepower than it looks like at this point when we're evaluating the teams and then if, if any of those teams also hit on their wide receivers which again is something that happens then we're looking at those teams as being a threat i I think that one of the things I like a lot of the starts and maybe that's in part because in the first five or six rounds, you know, we do tend to like most of the players. So a lot of these teams through five or six rounds look pretty good. And then the question is, did they follow a plan from that point that really fits with the guys they had in the first six rounds? I'm with the two of you. I don't necessarily think that they did. However, you know, you look at the team with the Elliot Godwin Juju start, and then they also have Chris Constant. Chris Carson and DeAndre Swift, a couple of interesting backs. They they pulled uh, Diggs out from under us at the last second there. They have TJ Hawkinson, who potential massive breakout tight end. And then you look there with Harry. If Harry is the guy that a lot of us have thought that he was, you know, that's a team where I could actually see them being 
pretty loaded with some upside guys as yeah. the draft goes long. I do actually also like, even though I wouldn't have done it exactly that way, I do like that Chiefs back-to-back start because then they have Ertz, you know, your target then, Colin. They have Odell Beckham. You know, I, I think it's more likely that he disappoints. Mar- Marquise Bryan as well. Right. And so, you know, but Beckham is a guy where, you know, you can certainly see where he could be back to the top couple of wide receivers. Akers, someone we talked about a little bit, Brown, Deontay Johnson, you know, Brita, Lindsay, people who are zero running back targets. You know, so that team right there, they got Hines from, from Ben there at the end. Yeah. Smith. So that's a, that's a pretty dynamic team in terms of what they have. Yeah. Going. Except for yeah, that Emmanuel right. Sanders pick. I cannot understand Emmanuel Sanders in the 10th round. I'm sorry. But you know. yeah, there, 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 there's, there was some now throughout the draft. There was some kind of picks that really surprised me in terms of where where they went. Um, what I would say is just like if we were looking at a very simple strategy, if you look at the teams that went tight end early, um, you know, when those what those first four tight ends they have clearly not had the pressure and the other guys had in those middle rounds. Like there's a huge number of tight ends that have gone kind of between round seven and kind of round 13 range and th- those teams then have kind of affected their overall build based on the value um i i think that having in this format having that tight end that you're you're confident in early does it i think it definitely gives you an advantage then for the rest of your roster build certainly yeah a lot of these teams had to take a lot of tight ends in the middle rounds so it's a good point sean you never said if there was a change you could make one one fix for our whole roster what would it be well, I was I was regretting to an extent, like I was mentioning the the Breeze pick, because I think if we had waited there, it would have pushed the other quarterbacks we were considering one more round. I am glad that we took the quarterback as opposed to taking two later on. I I think in retrospect now I might be like fifty one forty nine on McLaurin instead of Chark, but you know within the within the confines of what we did here. You know, having the very quick clock, having the three people talking about it. Now, we were well-prepared coming in. We knew which players people wanted. We had a, a good approach set up, both you know, working it backwards, working it forwards. Even with that being said, I have to, I have to say I'm, I'm delighted with how it actually worked out. The only change I would make would just have been for the teams who maybe didn't need running backs to not take running backs in that ninth round and clear it out a little bit. <laughs> That's you have to be aware of when, when you're going to be patient you know, you can't come back and be like, oh, well, it wasn't fair. They took these guys that we wanted. That's just, that's the way that it works. And so then you have to have other contingencies. And I think we handled that well. Yeah, I think the changes we made on the kind of on the flyer when we were on the spot, I think we did it, did it pretty well. The one thing you mentioned there is the better, we did preparation before. I think if, if you go to do any three man drafts and you don't have an idea of who the other people are like, I think you're in for a really spot of trouble because <laughs> I think that got us out of jail a couple of times there, guys. And now we're all set up for, to have the argument uh, when we need a free agent pickup in in week ten, you know whether or not we're going to cut Robbie Anderson to to pick that guy up. <laughs> the other, the, I I thought you were going to say that we have to decide who after week one we're gonna we're gonna drop for Logan Thomas. Yeah, <laughs> that was the debate. <laughs> Disley almost made it because then we would have been a Logan Thomas Disley debate. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and I love this team. I, you know, when, when people talk about well, why wouldn't you want to do? zero running back 20 and i think you look at those top five picks and and look at the way the wide receivers are and the fact that you know even a, a zero running back team may not take enough wide receivers if you can execute what we did here i mean jarvis landry again you know we're even debating that we would be debating someone the quality of jarvis landry in round seven and and asking the question does he have enough upside 
I mean, Landry is someone that I have felt like has always been a very clear-cut third, fourth-round dynasty wide receiver and had another good season last year. And so I mean, we're, we're just so well set up. Now, as soon as the season starts, people will get hurt. You know, we'll have some different kinds of issues. If, if we lose Alvin Kamara, then, you know, can we get through? Ben and I had to deal with that last year you know, with David Johnson. But, you know, even if we lost Kamara, I don't think that we would necessarily be out of it. The team that I had that won the whole thing actually had the second and third round picks uh, were Julio Jones and, and Rob Gronkowski. And Julio went out in like week five and Gronkowski went out without scoring many points in the first week of that three week playoff run. And that team was able to get through. I like what we've done here because I think that this team could get through even a serious hurdle on, on the way to where we want to go. So that's it in the books. Hopefully you've enjoyed listening to the full series, all five parts really enjoyed it. What I'm going to actually do when it comes to probably this coming Sunday, I'm going to drop the whole thing as one, two hour and whatever long episode it was. Uh, I wanted to split it up because obviously I know listening to podcasts myself, sometimes if you're listening to one that's maybe you know 70 minutes long, you can tune out, you miss some of the information. So I thought we'll just dive it in, get it nice and uh, digestible uh, through those picks and uh, have a lot of fun listening along. And you know, if you're on your commute, thank you for listening in. If you're on your walk or doing your exercise, thank you for listening in. It's easier to digest them that way. And uh, what I'll do in case anyone wants to, if they're, they're mowing the lawn this Sunday or doing some gardening, doing some work like that, you want to listen back to the whole recap and see uh, what you would change as we talk through it again. But dropping that one this Sunday on both the Road of His Overtime feed and the main feed. So you can dive straight into that yet again. But I really have enjoyed the series. Thank you all for listening in. Let me know your thoughts on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, uh, what you would change, what you liked, what you didn't like. Um, it's always good to get a bit of conversation going over there. Keep spreading the word off the podcast as we get ready for week one. We're seeing the numbers growing week on week, and we do appreciate each and every one of you for sharing the word. It is much, much appreciated. So until we're back with the next show, which will be coming out on Tuesday, then we'll be back on Thursday again, back to our normal uh, two shows a week rather than five shows this week. But until we're back again, of course, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Road of His Radio. Please rate and review the Road of His Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at roadofhisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Road of His Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Road of His with a discount through the Road of His Radio homepage, roadofhis.com forward slash podcast. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action including the NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into the fall and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures and props. So take advantage of the return of sports and remember the casino never closes. Go to betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. Once again, that's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.